Welcome to SaltCast. My name is Bob Turner, and I serve as the director for the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training, or SALT. And today we have with us Gary Bradley, who works with the Mayfair Church of Christ in Huntsville, Alabama. Right. <laughs> I started to say just Alabama, and then I thought, well, I better to ask, is it Huntsville, Alabama? <laughs> But uh, anyway, welcome. Thank you for being with us today, and we appreciate you taking time to visit with us about some important things in regards to leadership. Thank you so much, Bob, for having me on the program. I I always enjoy talking about kingdom work and uh, being around men like you who are taking a leadership role in probably one of the most important situations in the church today, and that's leadership. You know, even the preacher needs to take on the role of a leader. Right. As a congregation grows, maybe smaller a smaller work, he's the preacher. But as the number increases, he needs to increase his influence. Absolutely. And be a leader. Well, give us a little background from your perspective as far as your journey. You, you've worked with Mayfair for a long time. 40 years. And, uh, and you've seen a lot of things happen during that period of time. But tell us a little bit about the journey of moving from being a preacher and working in the pulpit and doing uh, television ministry and, and radio ministry and other areas to focusing now more on leadership. Good. I had to make a decision because, like Paul says, uh, outwardly we were wasting away year by year. So I was getting older. I'd been to Mayfair 37 years, and uh, I enjoyed my work, but I concentrated on one congregation, all that time. I held a few meetings and a couple of workshops, but I love preaching and I love being around preachers. So the elders were very kind to say, when you get ready, we're not going to tell you, you tell us when you're ready to step down, then we have someone that you've been mentoring for the last eight years and he can move in and learn from you. And, and of course, I learned from him as well. And so it was a very, very good transition. And what led you then to focusing on leadership? Well, I saw the when, when I began with uh, Jeff Jenkins and Dale and some other good brethren began to ask me to be a part of speaking to preachers, I saw the need, and I felt the need when I was younger, of listening, going, and and hearing some wonderful ideas. And then when I'd get home and present them to the leadership, to the elders, uh, they wouldn't be as excited about it as I was. And they would basically say to themselves, you know, leave Gary alone. In about two weeks, he'll be okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, I decided that uh, in the workshops that I do, I do a Let the Church Grow weekend. And I meet with the elders and the deacons on Friday night because I try to kindly say to them, the future of this church lies in this room. Right. And so I appreciate you asking me to come. You know, this weekend in the morning, we're going to talk about closing the back door. And then Sunday morning, we're going to talk about opening the front door. But it's going to be up to you men and women to push this in and lead the way to make this possible, to get the church growing again. The church is tapering off or declining. Yeah, and I know you're aware of, especially in the realm of leadership, uh, the challenges that 
Um, so many congregations lack elders, yes. deacons, and most of those that do have elders and deacons do not have enough to take care of the needs that exist. What would you say are some of the greatest challenges that face leaders, elders, deacons, ministers in the church today? Well, first of all, we're finding out that it's difficult to get additional elders and deacons. I think, Bob, that the the workforce is so stressful and the home life is so stressful. These young, qualified men, I know this is true at Mayfair, um, the elders ask them, would you like to serve as elders? And they say no. And so we're having, number one, we're having a, what's going to happen when we get to the point where no one wants to serve as an elder because what you're asking for is another job. Yes. And these young men are saying, what I don't need is another job. And so that's, that's a problem. And then, of course, the changing in times and the culture that we're in, shifting from a cognitive environment that I grew up in to a total subjective environment where everything is based upon feeling. If you feel bad, you leave. If you feel good, you stay. Mm. Meet my needs is the kind of the song for today. And uh, they, instead of coming in wanting to serve, they come in wanting to be served. And so the leadership My friend Charles Hodge says that the most challenging thing in the brotherhood is tired elders. Mm. Boy, that is relevant. So what would you suggest to help deal with those challenges? Well, I see some good things on the horizon. I've seen back in my younger days, uh, the preachers were the leaders in the brotherhood, the, the great orators, the great movers and shakers in the brotherhood, and you and I can name a a group of them. But now we're seeing that uh, the response, and and biblically so, the responsibility is with the leadership. So now we're seeing elder workshops. Now we're seeing shepherd workshops. We're seeing books written for elders. We are seeing uh, educational material online for elders. So I believe elders will do better when they're taught better. I think there every every young preacher that comes up to me after speaking to a hundred or a hundred and fifty of them, they will say, you know, they're good men. That's the first thing out of their mind, out of their mouth. They're good men. Well, I know that, but have they been educated? Have they been stimulated and motivated to lead the church? Mm-hmm. Leadership is influence. And when you have good influence by your qualifications and by your modeling and and by your willingness to take the lead, then uh, that that makes a difference. It makes it easy on me. I have some wonderful men who are uh, good shepherds. I had I had one congregation that called me and said, "Would you come and spend a Saturday with me with us?" This elder said, and show us how to be shepherds instead of board members. Wow. That was an interesting Saturday. Yes. And so, and and of all the calls I've gotten the last four years, that's the only one I can remember, that these men really, really want a shepherd. Some know how to do it intuitively, and others uh, have to learn. Right. So I, I really value and appreciate 
the love that you have for preachers and for leaders in a congregation and recognizing that they they have a relationship where they have to work together. And so you, you've kind of touched on both areas of that. And what advice would you give to especially young ministers that are coming into ministry and that are going to be working? Uh, maybe two, two aspects here. Working, one, in a situation where they don't have elders. Maybe we can address that first. But what advice would you give to a young minister that's coming into the ministry that's working with elders that would help them and and maybe provide that training for them? Well, when I first started preaching, I preached the whole time I was in college, like everybody else did back then. And most of those congregations didn't have elders. And it was rather challenging because I was only there Sunday after Sunday morning, Sunday night, then I'd go back to school. And so I couldn't get involved in it like I would like to. And then after graduation, the first position I had did not have elders. And uh, I really did long for the time. I love elders. I've never been fired. I've never been mistreated. And so I have great respect. Most, I have three, I had three brothers-in-law and they all three were elders. And uh, so I have great respect for elders. And so I moved when I was 22 years old to a congregation that did have elders. And I think that set the pattern for me in ministry. Um, did they do everything that I thought they should? No. What, Bob, what I tried to not do is cookie cut elders. Mm-hmm. Uh, every one of them, you know, if you have two men and they're both just alike, you don't need one of them. Right. And so I found out very quickly that elders are all different. They have different gifts. They have different right. DNAs. They have different, you got type A personality, and then you got type C personality. And balance is my favorite word. So when you have that kind of balance in the leadership, it really helps me do my, I see my work as a minister helping the elders do their work. So how would you encourage, uh, I love the fact that you've been at Mayfair for 40 years, uh, which is unusual. I mean, there, I can, less than one hand, I can count the number of preachers who have been, had that kind of longevity, uh, having been with a congregation for 20 plus years. So what would you encourage young preachers to think about in, in working in a situation with elders, deacons, for that kind of longevity? Well, to me, Bob, it's very simple. It's just get to know your elders and get to appreciate them individually, like I said earlier, and not just expect all 15 of them to measure up or to act just alike all the time. I have men, and some of them, 10 of them engineers. So I had to learn how to deal with an engineer, and that is you make charts and graphs and put it on paper and because that's, what, that's the way they think. Right. So getting to know them individually, playing golf with them, going to lunch with them, and, uh, and it works the other way. I talk to some preachers, and they say, I haven't been in an elders meeting in a, in a year. And, and I say, you got to be kidding me. Uh, that's like, a football team and the quarterback can't get in the huddle. You know? Yeah. Why would you not have your quarterback in the huddle? And that's what you do. Uh, there shouldn't be any kind of uh, 
separation between the elders and the preacher. They've got to be on the same team. And when I moved to Mayfair in 1979, they made a commitment to me. They had gone from 1,100 members down to 400. When I agreed to go, they had 1,100. When I got there uh, in July of 79, they had uh, 450. And so I said, look, I wasn't here. I didn't cause the problem. I don't want to be lost as a result of it. But I need a commitment from you men that y'all want to grow. And I've held them. I have one elder that's still alive when, that hired me. Oh, okay. And uh, he's in the nursing home. And he and I visit quite often. But I had to remind them of that commitment a number of times. I didn't always have my way, but I had my say. And I had to remind them, okay, now, is this a church growth decision? Is this a healthy decision? Or are we going forward? Or are we going backward? So it's it's working together. It's balance. It's appreciating each other. It's understanding who I am, and they understand who I am, that I have my limitations, and I need to just leave me alone and let me play to my strengths. Right. I heard, uh, heard the statement made, I have a voice, but not a vote. <laughs> yeah. uh, the elders have That's to make it. The That's it. That's a frustration. They, they need to listen as well yeah. uh, to the voice yeah. of the preacher. Do you feel like that there is... Um, some sort of dissonance maybe that exists because of younger preachers and elders being from a different generation and because of the uh, the different uh, cultural elements that influence our younger minds. How, how can elders address that to help these younger men and men- mentor them in some ways so that they can grow and mature and, and feel like that they are heard yeah. and yet at the same time to allow them to play on their strengths? That is a very good question, and I don't know that I have the answer, but I do know that I hear from the younger preachers and the fact that the elders have been there for 20, 30, 40 years, and here's this 25-year-old that just moves in. He needs to be quiet for a long time. He needs to understand the culture of the church the DNA of the church, the history of the church, the back, you know, the background. Who are they? And my three favorite questions is, who are we as a church? What do we do? Just like Mayfair. Mayfair does mission work and youth work better than any church I know. But that's all we do. We don't do counseling. Right. We, we have brethren in town that do counseling and we'll pay for it. But we don't have a counselor on staff. So we can't do it. We can't be a Walmart. Right. And so we the preacher needs to go in and listen and find out who that church is and what they do best and get on board with that and help them do that. And what can the elders do to help him in that regard? Try to understand what it's like to be 25 years old. (laughs) (laughs) That's tough. Yeah, it is. In, In this world today. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, bend a little bit, not doctrinally, but uh, understand that uh, there are some changes every day, almost, it looks like. And um, it's a challenge. It's a challenge for the older members. 
and uh, the older elders. I talked with a young man the other day, and uh, he has uh, five elders, and um, three of them are in their 80s. And so you can imagine if they hire a 25-year-old, there's going to have to be a lot of understanding between the two groups. Oh, yeah. Well, I tell you, I, I appreciate it. I, it's amazing to me how quickly time goes by in these conversations because it's like, I've yeah. got more I want to ask. Yeah. <laughs> and so we'll we'll save that for the next podcast. But thank you for taking time. Well, thank you, Bob. Us. It's a pleasure to talk about the most wonderful thing in the world, and that's the kingdom work. Absolutely. And we want to thank everyone for tuning in uh, to SaltCast. Again, my name is Bob Turner, and uh, we've been visiting with Gary Bradley with the Mayfair Congregation in Huntsville, Alabama. And I appreciate his time and appreciate you taking time to listen in and hope that the material that we've talked about today will be beneficial to you and to your congregation and to your leadership. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you again next time.